The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, hello! Welcome to 30 and a Bit. My name is Pete, and each episode I try to solve one of the questions you run into after hitting the big 3-0 together with an expert. Today's question is, what is the perfect skincare routine for my skin? Honestly, I'm sitting here and I just finished the recording and I am buzzing. It was such a fun conversation with so much information and the expert is so knowledgeable. I seriously have a shopping list in front of me with products I want to try and uh, ingredients I want to implement into my skincare routine. We talk about must-have ingredients, how to pay attention to packaging, what her two must-go products are, and we have a quick-fire round where she explains what products to use for different types of skin. Enjoy it. Let's jump in. The facts and figures of today. American women spend, on average, almost $3,700 a year on cosmetic products. Meanwhile, American men spend, on average, just below $3,000 a year. 22% less than women. Approximately 42% of the global cosmetic market is made up of skincare. By 2026, the global anti-aging cosmetics industry is estimated to reach $60.26 billion. In 2020, the beauty and cosmetics market fell by 8% as a result of COVID-19. Today's amazing guest is Dr. Mariam Zamani. Dr. Mariam is a world-renowned oculoplastic surgeon and leading facial aesthetics doctor, which means that Mariam specializes in eyes and the areas around the eyes, such as forehead, cheeks, but her clinic offers a lot more treatments, both surgically and non-surgically. Mariam is originally from the US, but is based in London where she has her clinic. She's also created a beautiful line of skincare products herself. Mariam is 48 years old and has two kids. So happy you're here. My very first question to all expert always is, how were your 30s? 30s are the best decade. I think it's one of the best decades so far. Um, I always say, I think this is the age where, one, you're, you know a little bit more about yourself. You know what you're doing in terms of profession. You may or may not know, but most people have more of an idea of where they want their path to go. You may or may not have a partner. You have some really good support friends around you and you're having fun because you're young and beautiful and, you know, a little bit carefree without too many worries in the world. I'm saying that for myself because 
I feel that you're a child until you have children. And I had children late and not late, but I was, you know, in my mid thirties, mid to late thirties. And so I had a lot of fun earlier on and even with my kids, but you know, you still feel quite uh, young and carefree when you don't have children. So I think children kind of changes everything. And my mother used to always say that when I was younger, I was like, Oh mom, does this look nice? And she said, you know, you're young and beautiful. Everything looks nice. And now I completely understand what she means. You could, you know, have the most hideous top on, but you know, your skin is glowing because you, you've just got college and coming out of your pores. <laughs> and were you excited to turn 40? I, I never had a problem with turning 40. I have to say turning 20 was really stressful for me. I remember turning 20 and I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be a teenager anymore. And I don't know, that was really hard. 30 was, you know, a fun party, uh, you know, exciting. I had a great party at my 40th. I have to say I'm approaching 50 and my tune is changing a little bit. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like when you think of the absolute number, it's wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. All right. We're talking about skincare today. And if you could only use one product in your skincare routine, what would it be? No, for me, I think prevention is probably the most important. Um, and I really do think SPF is your BFF. So, you know, the number one reason for aging is photo aging. It's UV aging. And that's really the UVA and B rays that come from the sun on a cloudy or sunny day, 365 days a year, regardless of the temperature or weather outside. And so, you know, if you have your skin protected from the sun, um, you know, that's first and foremost and everything else comes afterwards. Yeah, I think that's already a good point you're making. You need to wear SPF year round, right? Because even in the winter, your skin can be damaged. So you think of UVA as the aging rays, A for aging, and then B, UVB for burning. So the B is what gives you more of the suntan and the burn and the UVA comes through the clouds, almost 85% of it comes through clouds even. So on a cloudy, rainy day, you're still getting the UVA and both of them contribute to skin cancers. So, you know, what happens with UV radiation? You lose collagen, you damage your own DNA within your skin. So you get more fine lines and wrinkles. You get pigmentation, either just sunspots, you know, sometimes freckles are cute, but when you get older, they, they kind of go together and become these sun and age spots. And then, you know, you also have uh, things like melasma that can come start to present itself, particularly in the 30s. So, you know, whether you're potentially on oral contraceptive pills or you have babies and you have sun exposure and then you get this, it's called a pregnancy mask where you get this, you know, pigmentation that's often on the cheeks, on the forehead, sometimes a mustache above your upper lip. And it can be really, um, it makes you feel like you're dirty. It's not a very nice feeling. So absolutely prevention is key. Okay, let's go a little bit into SPF. Um, what is the best SPF? What number should you get? So I think, you know, the higher the number, the better. So if you're, if you're on SPF 50 every day, all year round for your face and your chest and your hands, the backs of your hands, really, you know, all of this face, neck, chest, hands, really important. And then 
you know, obviously I don't put SPF on my body all year round because I'm in clothing. So the, my skin has no exposure to the UV rays. Uh, but in the summertime, it's more about reapplication. So as long as you are having good sun protection and you're reapplying it, then you're going to have a good outcome in terms of preventing all of this damage to your skin. And is it okay to have a mix of, say, a moisturizer or day cream and an SPF, or is two separate products better? So my experience is that most people do not use enough SPF as it is. So the more you have, the better it is. Second of all, most makeups and skincare products, moisturizers, tend to have SPF 15, 20. Anything over 25 has to be tested. So if it says SPF 30 or above, then you know that it really has SPF 30 because legally there are some requirements. Anything less than that can vary tremendously. It might say 15, but it might only be like five. You know, there's, there's no way of really knowing. So in my opinion, makeup is definitely not enough. Skincare, it's nice to have it, but it's really much more beneficial if you use SPF on top of that. And remember, you know, for your face, you know, for your body, it's about a shot glass. So it's quite a lot of SPF every day. You know, like you should never go on holiday and come back with your SPF, essentially. It should be gone. Uh, and then for your face, you need to have, you know, two finger lengths. So, you know, one half for one side, one half for the other side. It's really important. And most people don't put that much SPF on. Don't forget your ears. That's a lot. And is that the finger including your neck? No, just face. Shocking. Wow. Okay, that's a lot of product. Yeah. So it's good if you have it in layers. So if you have a little bit in your makeup and you have a little bit in your moisturizer and then you put a little bit more on. And you would put it always on last? Yes. And before your makeup. Yes. So if you put it on, if you put it on before you put your skincare products on, you're probably not going to get much penetration of the great ingredients you're putting on your skin. So best to put it on last. If you could use two products, what would they be? So for me, I would say vitamin C and a retinol. So those are really two important ingredients that I think everybody, most people can tolerate within their skincare regimen. I would say if you're starting out, start on a lower dose one. I have a, quite a strong one in my range called uh, Retinol Skin Booster, which is a 2% retinol. Uh, and I would use that all every, every day, all year round. And I love vitamin C because I love, I love retinol because it's a vitamin A derivative. So it helps decrease uh, pigmentation. It helps boost collagen and elastin production. It increases cell turnover. So you're constantly making new skin. Uh, and it, it also helps with sebum control. So it helps shrink the appearance of pores. Vitamin C I love. Uh, so I have a Brighten and Perfect um, vitamin C serum. And I love my serum because I really made it formulated so that it has these great... Uh, additions to your skincare. So it boosts brightness, it increases cell turnover, and also evens out the skin. So in my opinion, I mean, of course, none of us want lines and wrinkles, but the more youthful skin is the skin that's clear. So, you know, to have that no makeup makeup look is what gives someone that youthful complexion. Whereas when you're older, if you have someone who's lined and has no pigmentation, they look so much younger than somebody who has tons of pigmentation and has very little lines. When it comes to retinol, you said the one in your range is 2%. If you want to start using it, is it, do you need to start building it up slowly and not wear it every day? What's the process? So I recommend whenever you have a active, 
like a, a retinol or vitamin C or any you know active skincare ingredient, you would start at only one product at a time. So I wouldn't start vitamin C and retinol at the same time. I would start one, get it into your routine, and then start another. Then when you're starting with a retinol, for instance, you would start with a small amount, perhaps two or three times a week, slowly increase it to every other day, and then slowly incorporate it into a nightly skincare regimen. And that may take anywhere between two and eight weeks. You can go as fast or as quickly as you want it. Because remember, you're trying to incorporate something that's going to benefit your skin in the long term. It's not a marathon. It's, you know, it's basically, it's, it's, it's not a sprint. Sorry. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You know, you really want it to work in the long term. So you just, you know, you don't need to get there tomorrow. You, you can take a bit longer so you don't have any irritation because retinol can cause redness it can cause flakiness. It can cause a little bit of skin irritation. And if you experience that, you're less likely to use it. So you want to try and incorporate it so that you can continue using it in your skincare. And is there a particular percentage that you should start with or is 2% fine as long as you build it up slowly? I think, um, you know, you start with whatever brand you like. Mine is a, a 2% is quite a strong one. Um, you can start with even lighter ones, uh, you know, that you can get. And then you can go even stronger than the 2%. And that would be when I give people like a prescription to have a tretinoin, which is a stronger version of a, of a retinol, essentially. You mentioned that retinol is part of your night routine. It is. You can use it during the day. You have to be a little bit more sensitive and it can be light activated, which means deactivated, which means that light can sometimes um, make it not work. And so I, for instance, do have a retinol in one of my day moisturizers. It's been encapsulated and therefore... It, penetrates the skin and will not get degraded by light. So it really depends on the formulation. Um, but I often say you use it at night and then you can layer it on with other skincare products. And then another favorite is vitamin C. I feel like that just popped up out of nowhere a couple years ago and you see so many more, and that's for me, right? You work in the, in the industry, you've, you've probably known about it for years and years, but to me, it sort of came up a couple years ago. And same with B and E, you see so many vitamins in uh, skincare nowadays. How important are they? Topical antioxidants are amazing. So vitamin C, B, E, they're all part of, you know, these complexes of antioxidants. And I think it is very important to have in your skincare regimen. And the reason for that is that antioxidants eat up the free radicals that are floating around. So there's millions of reactions that are happening in our body. And as an offset of your body fighting UV damage, it creates these free radicals. And these free radicals cause damage within the skin. So, you know, the vitamin C is going and eating up the free radicals so that you don't have them in your body anymore so uh, or in your skin anymore. So I think it is really important to have uh, a combination. And sometimes the combination of the you know, vitamin C with E can be uh, a little boosting in terms of its overall uh, effectiveness uh, in terms of the benefit that it gives to the skin. So I do like them, yes. And is it then best to buy a separate cream with B and another one with C and another one with E or are combinations also okay? So that's a great question. So combination ones can work. It depends on how they're formulated. It's really important to know which ways they're formulated. Oftentimes C is not formulated with a B because uh, they don't necessarily 
can work with the same formulation. The problem is, is that having them all in a different one is there's only so many layers of skincare you can put on. And I try to keep it simple. So the, the simpler your skincare routine and regimen, the more likely you are to stick to it. And so, you know, my idea, my ethos in skincare is to reveal, enhance and protect. So you reveal your skin, you get rid of any dead skin cells, you get rid of uh, any makeup pollutants that are sitting on top of the skin so that you can have this amazing platform and foundation to put on all these actives that are going to help boost and enhance your skin. So what are the enhancers? Like the antioxidants, like the vitamin B, C, E, like retinols, like, you know, uh, niacinamide, you know, uh, placenta, stem cells. There's so many different wonderful actives out there that can be very tailored to specific needs. And then you need to protect your skin. And again, antioxidants also help protect the skin. So that's why it's really nice to have in your skincare regimen, because not only will it enhance your skin, but it protects it. And, you know, you can use antioxidants. And of course, SPF is a really big part of that protection for the skin. And you mentioned to, to start with a clean palette, clean face. I take off my makeup in the evening and I sometimes in the morning use like a cleanser in the shower. But is that exfoliating what you're talking about? Starting with a clean palette? Yes. So I would cleanse the face obviously every day, uh, twice a day. And then an exfoliator usually has some gentle acids. So think, you know, alpha hydroxy acids, lactic acids. If you have, you know, you're more, have more of a tendency to have blemish prone skin, maybe salicylic acids, So BHA, so, uh, you know, there are different things that you can use in terms of they gently eat away from the dead skin and allow some of that to come off. And so as we get older, the skin cycle becomes longer. So when you're young, it's like every six to eight weeks, you're making new skin. Whereas when you get older, every decade, sadly, it elongates until it's, you know, about 15 weeks. And that's a little depressing, but that's a fact. (laughs) This helps to, you know, get rid of some of that, you know, skin that might be sitting there and hasn't been exfoliated. Uh, So I recommend exfoliation to two to three times a week. Okay. That's two to three times a week. Okay. That makes sense. And then just um, taking off your makeup with like a nice um, remover and washing your face with water is enough the rest of the evenings or days to cleanse your face? So I think it's important if you wear makeup to use makeup remover, you know, you could, you, you can use micelle water. There's a lot of different ways, whatever works for you in terms of getting your makeup off. I generally don't think water is enough after that, because I do think you need a second cleanse because that's just a makeup remover. It's not really cleaning the skin. So I generally say if you're wearing, you know, moderate makeup to, to have a double cleanse, take off the makeup and then wash your face with a cleanser. Okay, so another cleanser. I'm writing all of this down. I'm going to the store right after just <laughs> taking all these notes. Um, another product that I think is gaining popularity, it's, it's been around for a little bit, but is hyaluronic acid. Yes. Um, can you explain to us what it does and how you can uh, implement it in your routine? So hyaluronic acid is not the traditional sense of an acid. It is uh, basically something that we make every day in our skin and our bodies multiple times and it breaks down every day and we build it up again. And hyaluronic acid can be injected or it can be used topically. So fillers, there is a lot of dermal fillers out on the market like Juvederm, Restylane, Belotero. These are all 
Tioxan, these are all hyaluronic acid fillers. So they're injectable forms of hyaluronic acid that have been formulated to basically help volumize, help fill in fine lines and wrinkles, and sometimes just to hydrate the skin. When you talk about hyaluronic acid in skincare, the reason it's gained so much popularity, and it's in every single product that I make actually, is that it has this amazing tendency and ability to hold on to 10 times its weight in water, which means that you need a very small amount to attract water into the area. And so, you know, as we get older, we lose hydration within our skin. And so the idea is that you use high and low molecular weight hyaluronic acids. You use low molecular weight hyaluronic acids so that they penetrate within the skin and keep in that dewiness of the skin. Then you want larger molecules of the hyaluronic acid that sit on the top layer of the skin and that attracts water into the skin and again helps the skin be a little bit more dewy. So it's one of those things, I, I have it you know, in all of my products, but I also have an independent hyaluronic acid serum. And the reason that's actually so nice is because some people, for instance, don't want too much hydration and they just want something that they can put light, you know, blemish prone skin. They're scared of putting moisturizers on because they feel that it might clog their pores. So hyaluronic acid is still necessary because it helps keep that hydration within the skin without having any of the other ingredients. Okay. So that is also a really good one to add to the, to the routine and using it daily, you said? Yes, you can use hyaluronic acid day and night. Oh, you could, you would even suggest putting it on twice a day. Yeah. You can use it as many times a day as you want. So it's not an active that'll cause irritation. It will always just add some hydration to the skin. Then collagen products. Um, but as you get older, the, the production slows down. How can we promote collagen um, production? Is it really by creams or is it better with powders? Like how can we best support it? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So, I mean, I use bioidentical uh, human collagen in my uh, light and rich moisturizer. So it mimics, it's biomimicking, it mimics what the human collagen would be like. So you can actually use it topically. Um, obviously, collagen is made with building blocks of protein within the body. So good nutrition is the most important in terms of creating new collagen. Genetics obviously has a large component to it. Now, you know, Things that help improve collagen and elastin production are in-office procedures, peels, light lasers, stronger lasers, uh, radiofrequency, uh, ultrasound treatments, microneedling. There's like so many plethora of in-office treatments that function to help stimulate collagen and elastin production by creating little columns of injury within the skin, and then that stimulates your body's healing powers to create new skin. So you're creating new collagen. So you can obviously do that in skincare. Things that help improve collagen and elastin production are things like a retinol or a tretinoin, vitamin A derivatives. Some antioxidants like vitamin C will also boost collagen and elastin production. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that you can use to help bolster it. Now, the oral version of collagen 
is beginning to become much more uh, popular, but there is no real hard science that says it works because if you're ingesting collagen, what happens is, is that the body has to break it down. So if you actually have good nutrition, then you're not going to have the need for collagen. So if you don't have enough and you eat and drink these, you know, collagen drinks or eat the, the protein in foods or whatever, what happens is that it gets, goes into the stomach and it gets broken down. So your body will take what it needs and it'll excrete, excrete what it doesn't need. So the jury's still out about the, the oral versions. Uh, it's not going to do you any harm. So I feel that if it, you feel that, you know, there's a benefit, then go for it. Okay. So the most helpful things to do are laser and peelings and these treatments to give it a good boost and then support it with products in creams. And then yes, you can ha take it orally as well. Potentially your body will take some of it as well. Yes, exactly. What is the difference and is it important to have a day and a night cream? This is a great question, and it really depends on the specific concerns of the person who is having, you know, uh, who's using the, the creams. So, for instance, I love rich creams in the evening, and so I will use always, you know, I'll do a multi-layer approach in the evening, whereas in the daytime, I'd like to keep it really simple. So I have eye cream on, I have a vitamin C, my moisturizer, and my SPF, and that's it. So, And I like to have each one of them thinner in consistency because I just don't want to feel heavy in the daytime. I don't want to have shine. Whereas in the evening, I just want anything that's like full of hydration to go onto my skin. So I think that really depends on the person. And then it also depends on what they're if there's an issue that they're trying to treat. So for instance, if you have acne prone or blemish prone skin, you may want to use some of the ingredients at nighttime, for instance, like a retinol that you wouldn't necessarily use in the daytime, or you may use a medicated product that you use in the daytime and not the nighttime. So it just really depends. Um, you can use the same light and the rich moisturizers in the day or the night and both, even if you wanted to, but it just depends on what you like. Okay. And you mentioned eye cream that you wear that every day. Is that really effective and good to use, smart to use? Yes. So, I mean, of course, skincare is great on any part of the skin, but the delicate skin around the eyes is delicate because it's the thinnest on the body. And it also doesn't have the glands that produce some of the hydration and oils that keep skin looking supple. So you do need lighter consistencies generally for, uh, you know, the lower eyelid. Now, it depends on what your problem is. If you are somebody who has fine lines and wrinkles and, uh, you know, is more likely to crease, then a hydrating lower eyelid uh, cream is amazing because it will help hydrate that skin, bolster collagen and elastin production, and really improve that lower eyelid contour. But if you are, for instance, somebody who's very puffy to begin with, and then you use something that loves to hydrate, then you're going to get even more puffier. So then you want to look for things like caffeine or, you know, different kinds of bark extracts that might be a little bit more draining and help reduce some of that swelling in the lower eyelid. So yes, I love eye creams. I think the person who uses it, it just depends what their, I don't want to say symptoms, but what their issue is and what they want to achieve from it. What are some products that you absolutely do not want in products? So some ingredients, you know, the problem is, is that I don't think there's any nasty ingredients out there, but there's a lot of press about certain things. So my skincare, personally, I've made it, you know, without any fragrances, without, 
uh, any synthetic fragrances without mineral oils and, you know, no phthalates, no uh, parabens, but I don't necessarily think they're bad. I just think that, you know, there's a lot of fear mongering that's going on. Uh, I want skincare that works. And so it's really important for the actives to have proper medical, you know, uh, indications and have had clinical trials to show me that they actually work in those combinations. So I think the results are really important. And in terms of safety, obviously, every country has its own body that goes through this. And so, you know, keeping up with those regulations to make sure that the creams that we're using or creating don't have anything that you know, maybe up until yesterday was great. And then all of a sudden there's a new study that might say this and this and it's removed then, you know? So I, I don't, I, I don't like natural products because I think that's a gimmick. And, um, you know, if it's natural, it's like food, then you'd have to use it within, you know, three to five days. Otherwise you're going to have bacteria and different things growing inside of it. You know, you can't really preserve it without having some ingredients. So I don't really like that natural, you know, beauty because I don't think it means anything. Oh, that's interesting. Cause I feel like a lot of times people are promoting these by like taking a lick of their licking their day cream or whatever they're trying to promote, but like, it's not actually that good then. First of all, you need actives to work and, you know, lactic acid is, you know, natural, but I wouldn't want to lick that. That's for sure. Or get it into my eye. No. Or hyaluronic acid. We have it in our body. I certainly want to, wouldn't want to lick that either. <laughs> Don't lick your skincare. <laughs> Don't lick your skincare, whether they say it's natural or not. Exactly. The ingredients on, uh, on packaging of skincare like is there anything specifically we should pay attention to on just the packaging I think that's a good point actually so on packaging yes so in the inky list where it says all the ingredients the ones that are first are the ones that are the most that have the most amount within the skincare, if that makes sense. So as as it goes down the list there's less and less of whatever ingredient so if, for instance, you have a retinol, if retinol isn't one of the first two ingredients, then, you know, that's not good. Uh, you know, it's not a great retinol. Or, you know, I also think inkies that have like a huge list also, you don't need huge lists. You need just a good combination of ingredients that work well together. And what the packaging actually looks like, like does it come with a pump or a pipe or anything like that? Does that matter? It depends on the actives, yes. So, you know, things that are more light sensitive, like a retinol should be in a darker packaging or, um, or a vitamin C. So look for dark or opaque-ish type of packaging. Um, obviously, those would not want to also have too much oxidation, which means if they are in a airless pump, it's better than a pipette, for instance. You know, there's a brand that has a really wonderful, uh, you know, vitamin C, but it turns brown very quickly. And then once it's brown, it's oxidized, which means it doesn't really do anything for your skin any longer. So there's no point in keeping that. Now you say that I use a lot of Le Roche-Posay and the, all of the product that's inside the orange bottle is fine, but anything that's on the side, cause you, I, because of the way that the bottle is shaped, you spill a lot, which is really annoying, but it has a lot on this on the side and that turns brown. Yeah. If it's brown, it's that part, that part that's on the outside, you're not going to use it, but that just means it doesn't work anymore. Okay. Do not use that anymore. (laughs) 
Do you think you can keep wrinkles at bay and aging at bay with just a good skincare routine? You can do a lot. Um, but, you know, wrinkles and lines can happen for two reasons. There can be dynamic lines, which are lines from movement of muscle, like these around the eyes, the crow's feet. And then you can have lines that are just there, like the nose to mouth lines um, that happen with aging. And the dynamic lines are going to happen no matter what, because it's the repetitive action of that motion that's creating the lines. And things like botulinum toxin, neuromodulators, Botox, Dysport, Azalor, Xeomin, these are all a few names that can be used to temporarily uh, stop those muscles from moving and therefore creating those lines and wrinkles. Now, the nose-to-mouth line, for instance, is not something that can be treated with a botulinum toxin. And, you know, you can treat that with hyaluronic acid, injectable hyaluronic acid or other dermal fillers, but skincare alone is not going to do that, no. I have a rapid, fa- a rapid round of ultimate routines for different, scare t- scare, uh, sorry, for different skin types. So if you have acne, you mentioned earlier that a night cream with retinol is a good idea. Are there any other specific products that are good if you have acne-prone skin? So I, I would say, you know, always start with, I'd have a BHA, beta-hydroxy acid, like salicylic acid day wash to cleanse the face once or twice a day. I would definitely use retinol. One of the big mistakes I see in people who have acne or blemish-prone skin is that they don't want to hydrate their skin because they're scared of more breakouts. But in actuality, find a light serum, like even a hyaluronic acid or another light moisturizer and put it on the skin. Um, Retinol is a great adjunct. SPF is also important. And I like vitamin C, again, because it helps clear out the, the, the appearance of darkness or redness that happens after you've had a blemish. Okay. And does, is the same for when you have um, acne, for example, because you're pregnant, should you use the same products? You have to be more careful with different acids. You cannot use a retinol when you are pregnant. So absolutely, you can use a vitamin C. If you have acne prone skin, it's best to consult with a dermatologist or your doctor to see what you can use. There are some Uh, topical and oral medications you can use. You may want to use azelaic acid, which you could use while you're pregnant, but not a retinol, definitely not a retinol. Okay, that's good to know. Um, What about if you have dry skin? I'm going to guess you're going to say hyaluronic acid. What else? Uh, So when you have dry skin, it depends how dry it is, whether you have like an underlying atopic situation. So people who have eczema, uh, you know, would be, have drier skin Uh, but generally look for things that are hydrating that do not have fragrance or irritants Uh, and I would say yes find things that you could potentially layer on so if you have really dry skin uh, I love the bioidentical human collagen that I'm using is just absolutely incredibly hydrating hyaluronic acid is another absolute one you can look for uh, skin hydrators other ones that lock in hydration and promote collagen production like peptides or uh, squalene or you know different ingredients that really help to lock in hydration so um, and I would recommend using a, a heavier moisturizer and perhaps having a serum that's hydrating like a hyaluronic acid and then have another one on top. Now, the most important thing when you're using a moisturizer and you 
you know, have dry skin, you want to try and make that hydration stay. And so you don't want to have too much evaporation. And that's why it's really important to have things like emollients that help to lock in that skin hydration and keep that barrier, skin barrier strong. What if you have oily skin? So oily is similar more to acne prone skin. So oily prone, I would say you would use lighter ingredients. So lighter moisturizer, or even a serum instead of a serum and a moisturizer. You may be fine with just one. Uh, I would use definitely a retinol because that will help decrease sebum production over the long term. Uh, but retinol is one of the biggest acids, different acids, uh, alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acids to help shrink pore size and decrease that oil production. And then dark skin. Do you need to treat that differently? So you just have to remember that all skin gets pigmentation. So, you know, obviously the lighter your skin, the more you realize you can burn and that's scary. So, um, but SPF is important for all skin types. Darker skin types are lucky because they have a little bit of melanin, but that also means they can be more prone to having pigmentation issues, especially skin types four and five. Um, And so, you know, just making sure you're using vitamin C, you know, SPF, and I also like retinols in all skin types. The nice thing about the darker skin types is that they tend to age less, but they have you know, less fine lines and wrinkles as a big generalization, but they're more likely to have things like pigmentation problems. Okay. Apart from your own brand, obviously, that looks amazing. Um, what are some other favorite brands? And then maybe in particular, like drugstore brands that a lot of people can afford. Drugstore brands that I absolutely love are things like CeraVe. Um, so CeraVe has a, uh, you know, salicylic acid wash. They have a line for acne or blemish prone skin, which is what I have my own kids on, for instance. Uh, so I like that brand quite a bit in terms of a drugstore brand. For sensitive skin types, I either like La Roche-Posay or Aven. I really like the Aven line in terms of this, the Enavino. So those are the three lines that have a specific one for sensitive skin types. So whether it's from redness, uh, or if it's just from in- intense dehydration. So those are some really nice ones for that. Um, and anti-aging, I think you need actives. So uh, you can go for prescription strength products uh, that have azelaic acid, that have retinols, and of course SPF, and you can mix and match from the ones that I've said before. So for those prescribed products, you would have to go see someone like you and get a prescription. Yes. Okay. And so, as I mentioned, I use La Roche-Posay, but that's approved. It gets your stamp of approval. Absolutely. That's really good to know. Some treatments I would love to discuss with you. What, like, are facials actually really good for you? So my opinion is that if you love a facial because you love the manipulation of the skin and the cleansing and, you know, the massage that you're getting, then go for it because there's always, it's always nice to have someone cleanse your skin. And of course, a massage, a facial massage and putting lovely skincare products will help with lymphatic drainage and will help stimulate microcirculation within the skin and and make you feel and look better. Um, But as an anti-aging tool, not necessarily. I mean, I think if you're going to have one, it's better than to have something like a hydrofacial to help really clean the pores deeply uh, or to have light lasers or microneedling might be a better option as opposed to, to, you know, having um, a facial. But there's, an, you know, there's a lot to be said about making, feeling your best when you have had a facial. So if it makes you feel good, like, you know, then 
there's a lot to that. That's very true. That's very, very true. Um, what about a gua sha stone? I see you're also selling them on the website. So I'm guessing you're a yes, but why? I like gua sha for exactly two reasons. One is that it helps promote collagen. Excuse me. Once it helps promote lymphatic drainage. And I think that's really nice and important. So uh, what that means is that you are massaging the skin and you are draining any um, fluids that are there and making them leave your face. So really great to depuff the skin. And then the second thing that I actually really like a lot uh, for that reason is that it helps relieve tension and strain. And that by doing that, I find it to be a form of active meditation. And I think that's just a lovely thing that you can do for your skin. So even if you have a lot of tension on your jaw, for example, you say that also helps with the gua sha? Yes. Oh man, I'm running to the store today. And the roller is kind of similar. Yes, it's basically, the roller has little acupressure points. So it's, um, you can feel it working a little bit differently. I love a roller more than I like a gua sha uh, because I'm more about that sensation as opposed to the drainage, whereas I feel the gua sha is great for sculpting. Um, and then another thing you sell on your website is the LED light therapy mask. Can you explain what that does? So LED is light emitting diodes. There are different wavelengths of light that get absorbed by skin to help promote collagen and elastin production, help decrease inflammation, and really can help protect and decrease acne on the skin and oil production. So depending on the light that you use, all skin types can use it. Um, you can use it, you know, even when you're pregnant, uh, you can actually have really nice benefit in the house. If you're actually using it for medical issues, then uh, the medical issues, you'd have to use it for a few weeks before you start seeing a difference. What could be some of these medical issues? So if you're using it for acne, if you're using blue light for acne, it decreases the amount of P acne that sits on top of the skin. And that takes a couple of weeks of using it four times a week to see that improvement. Okay. Amazing. I've got a shopping list in front of me, all these ingredients that I'm going to look up and brands. I'm so excited. Um, my final question every episode is if you could give the listeners one takeaway from this episode, what would it be? I say there's no magic bullet, you know, it, looking your best and having your best skin at every age is a combination of treatments. There's no magic, you know, one thing that you can do. It's really a lifestyle. You have to live well, you have to eat well, you have to have, you know, try and minimize stress, get as much sleep as you can, exercise, and then, you know, tweak things a little bit with, you know, in-office procedures. But uh, the, 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 the most important is what you do every day, skincare, sleep, nutrition, it's all a combination of things. So don't be hard on yourself. There's always things that, you know, fluctuate and, and come and go, but there's usually a nice treatment that you can, uh, a, a nice regimen that you can use to improve what you have so you can have the best at every age. Love it. Such a good takeaway. Thank you so much for being here. You, your Instagram account is amazing. Um, you post a lot there. Also, you go very deeply into particular products like retinol and you explain what it is, how to use it, etc. Um, your Instagram is Dr. Mariam Zamani and your skincare products are on mzskin.com. Highly recommend people having a look there as well. It's gorgeous. And your clinic is in London if people actually want to go see you in person. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here.
Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I hope it was informative. Yes. Yeah, I've I've got somewhere to I've got places to be now. I gotta go to the shop and buy all these ingredients. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Please give this podcast a five-star review. This really helps with growing and reaching a bigger audience. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at 30 and a bit podcast, and we will be back next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.